Good morning and welcome to A Taste of Chumash. Today is the second reading in Parshas Shemos, the very well-known story of Moshe's birth. We begin with the Jewish midwives who defy Pharaoh's orders. Pharaoh tells them to kill all baby boys. They come up with an excuse that the Jewish women give birth so naturally they're not even needed. And our tradition tells us that these two people are none other than Moshe's mother, Yocheved, as well as his sister, Miriam. And in the merit of this tremendous Mesirat Nefesh, self-sacrifice and mitzvah, the entire family will be blessed. Moshe, of course, will become the leader, Aaron the high priest. And from Miriam will actually come the Davidic line and the rulership of the Jewish people. Pharaoh is unsuccessful at getting the midwives to do the dirty work. He then makes the decree that his own soldiers should seize all Jewish boys and throw them into the river. According to some commentators, it wasn't even his soldiers, but he actually was giving permission to all the Egyptians to perform this horrific crime. Then shifts to the birth of Moshe. The Torah tells us that a man from the tribe of Levi married a girl from the tribe of Levi. Tradition tells us this was actually a remarriage. They'd already been married, had already been the proud parents of Aaron and Miriam. Miriam the eldest, Aaron the middle child, but had since got divorced after Pharaoh's decree. And it was with Miriam's coaxing and in a sense a lot of chutzpah telling them, how could you do such a thing? And give in to Pharaoh's decree so easily, not want to bring in additional children into the world. And upon her words, they get remarried again, and Moshe is born. When Moshe is born, of course, they try hiding him for a number of months, after which they know that the soldiers are going to find him. And it's at this point that they take the reed basket, pitch on the outside, clay on the inside, and put it at the edge of the Nile River. And as Yocheved, his mom, puts down the basket, his sister Miriam is waiting from a distance, expecting that something incredible is going to happen, having perfect perfect faith that a miracle will transpire, just not knowing how that's going to be. And of course, what happens right afterwards is Bas Pare, the daughter of Tapara, who we know as Batya, comes to the river, notices the baby, extends her arm, and take the basket. She realizes, of course, right away that this is a Jewish child. She sees the girl Miriam around, and when Moshe refuses to nurse from any of the Egyptian women, Miriam comes to the rescue and says, I can find a Jewish mother to nurse Moshe, at which point Moshe is nursed by his very own mother and then raised in Pare's house. Let's now dive into one idea from today's reading and analyze it a little bit deeper. When Batya notices Moshe in the water, the verse says, Vatishlach es amasa vatikacheha. Many translations will say that she sent for her servant, her maidservant, to go grab Moshe. She had many servants at her disposal, and one of them grabs the basket that is at the edge of the river. There is, however, a Midrash that says that same word Amasa not only means servant, but an Amma means her arm. In fact, up until today, a cubit in Hebrew is an Amma. What then does the verse mean when it says she sent her arm? People usually don't have to send their arm. They can just reach and grab Moshe. And it is here that the Midrash comes up with a wild interpretation. She reaches out to grab Moshe. Moshe's too deep inside the river for her arm to reach. And lo and behold, a miracle happens.
happens, and her arm stretches out unnaturally and grabs Moshe. This is the Midrash that is quite famous. I remember many years my children coming home from school this week of Parsha Shemot with the craft they made in school of the long arm. Which of course begs the question, what prompted the rabbis to give this interpretation? Is the story not miraculous enough? Is it not extraordinary enough that the daughter of Pari rescues Moshe? Here it is, her own father makes this decree and she comes to the rescue and she's the vehicle through which the individual responsible for saving the Jewish people and bringing them out of Egypt will be rescued. Why the need to dramatize the story anymore by having a miracle that seems to be somewhat unnecessary? But I think the key to understanding this is knowing that a medrash need not be taken literally. When the sages gave a teaching, a medrashic teaching, sometimes that is literal, other times it's giving us a message. It is giving us a teaching by way of metaphor. What point do the rabbis want to convey with this teaching that her arms stretched out? You know, so many times in life when we are called upon doing a mitzvah, we find ourselves in a situation that for whatever the reason we are in a unique position to help, we notice a problem that needs fixing. Or like in this story, there is a child crying out for help. And we are inspired to be a difference maker. But then we think, you know what? What difference can I really make? The salvation is beyond my reach. To really make a difference, that is something more than I can chew. What is the point of me even trying, being that I don't think I can get it done? And that's when we're supposed to remember this teaching from the sages. Our job is to reach out with all of our energy. And if Hashem deems that we can be the vehicle through which the salvation will happen, miracles can happen. Our arm can get stretched. We can find ourselves doing something with abilities that we never thought were possible. It isn't our task to understand exactly how that's going to happen. It's our job to do our very, very best. And please God, when we do that, Fatishlach es Amasa, our hand, can extend with Hashem's help to accomplish the mitzvah. Shem, Sefatai Tiftah